Leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Welcome to Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath, where experienced leaders share their own brand of leadership to help you develop and improve your own leadership capabilities. And now, here's your host, Dr. Gary. I'm Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. And welcome again to Leading from the Front, where leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Today's guest has 25 years of expertise and a deep understanding of the human resources world. He's an employee relations consultant at HR Sandy, working closely with business leaders to strengthen the employer to employee relationships. He's held leadership roles at the Home Depot. Circuit City, Penske, and Lowe's, and he has two newsletters that he presently publishes, Enhancing Employee Relations and Career Corner. Known as Rich the HR Guy, please welcome today's guest, Rich Salon. How are you doing, Rich? Great. Thanks, Dr. Gary. It's great to be here. Well, so we got to dig into your background a little bit because I noticed that uh, you've had leadership roles at Home Depot and Lowe's, which are competitors, which gets, there's got to be some interesting stories behind that. But how did you get involved in the HR world? Where did you get started? Oh, gosh, it was before the, my Home Depot days. I was in operations. And like many uh, operators, we uh, seek to go into specialist roles. And I, I converted into the human resources division. Well, what kind of operations did you do? I'm in retail store operations. Ah, okay. And can you tell us who that retail store was? Was that oh, was God. Woolworths? No, it wasn't that far back. <laughs> oh, no, not that far back. I was a I was a Toys R Us kid. Oh, okay. Many years ago. That's great. In their heyday, when we would walk through the Toys R Us for our kids, I know I, I did that with mine. So, so what did you what did you learn in operations that has helped you apply what you're trying to do today in the employee to employee relationships? Because you're in the front lines there, and now you're working more with business leaders. So, how do you do that? What, what did you learn? Yeah, I, I prided myself in seeking to understand the needs of the employees. The frontline employees have difficult jobs. If it's if it's merchandising, if it's if it's customer service, uh, operations, all the above. But understanding what they need and what inspires them is what led me to get into human resources. So, in your experience, what are some of the things that you found that inspire these front frontline people? How did what did you see were some of the consistencies that you experienced? They wanted to be made to feel important. So, reminding them, reminding that they have an important job, but also helping them understand where their where their work fits into the company's objective. I call it line of sight. But reminding them what you do is important. And here's how it contributes to the overall organization. Yeah. So give me an example or tell me a story of a time when uh, you were able to make that connection. For you. I talk about this all the time, that one of the primary jobs of a leader is to connect the mission and the goals to the work that the individuals are doing every day because they're kind of heads down and they don't know or don't think of the bigger picture. And that's what leadership gets to do is to remind them of the big picture as you're talking about. Right. Right. So I remember I was at the time I was at the Home Depot. I was in their distribution center network. It's a series of warehouses, terrific operations. And I remember meeting a team member, been with us about a year. I had learned the operation, you know, had a specific function. And being in Southern California at the time, there was a lot of opportunities. He wasn't 
sure about his commitment to stay with the organization. And he found the work to be incredibly repetitive. What he wanted to do was grow with the organization. So my first question is, you know, does your does your supervisor and your manager, you know, know that your intent to, to grow with the organization? And his response was, no, I don't think they know. Well, what a great opportunity. What a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. I let him know that I met his supervisor. I think he's got a real terrific supervisor. Really encouraged him to to sit down with his supervisor and, and talk about career goals and career option. And maybe that means being transferred to a different department to, to grow from a technical standpoint, or can he assume more responsibility? And it turned out to be very, very positive. He had that conversation with the supervisor next time I ran into him, and they gave him more responsibility. They put him into a, a lead position, and he ended up staying with the company. So it was a it was a good a good a good outcome and i I've, I've heard that a few times again as a reminder help the people understand how their role fits into the operation at the very least hopefully the entire organization well you know so when you explain something like that a situation like that i see a couple of opportunities some people might call them problems but i'll just call them opportunities one for the employee is that you encourage them to speak up we talk about leadership as a responsibility, not a position. I don't care what level you're at. Learn to speak up and and let people know what you're thinking because people don't read your mind. On the other side of it, it's, you know, well, same same thing with the employees. They, sometimes they think that people would know. They, they, they know what they're thinking or they know that they have some level of ambition to improve and to move up. And the supervisor has other priorities. And sometimes they're not thinking about that. So you have to speak up and the supervisor needs to ask the question. They need to get involved with the employee and ask the question. What do you, you've been here a year. You're doing something repetitive. Let's understand the situation they're in. What are you thinking about the future? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? And have those conversations with all the employees so that they get the opportunity to speak up, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So listen, in, in a production type environment like distribution centers, some employees stay, some employees go. You're training new employees. You're trying to grow other employees. You're meeting customer service uh, demands and deadlines. Supervisors need to stop and remind themselves, speak to their people, understand what their people's needs are and that they might change. I think I found what's more important is uh, equally as important is get into a rhythm. If it's a, if it's a monthly sit down with each team member and maybe last that last 20 minutes. And if you've got 20 team members, you're not asking for the sun. That seems very, very reasonable, but that sit down one-on-one with team members, I, I, I've heard so many compliments. So from, uh, from team members who supervisors make the time. Yeah. And it, like you said, it doesn't take a lot of time, but they want that a little bit of one-on-one time. And when I think of these kinds of repetitive things I've worked with, I've worked in manufacturing. I was working with Procter and Gamble and Scott paper back uh, after I got out of the army. And then I have manufacturing clients now, and I encourage them to try to find even roles on the floor, roles in distribution where they rotate. They're not doing the same repetitive thing over and over and over again. There are some people that love that, but there are a lot of people that it, it, it's mind numbing and they're going to make mistakes or have safety issues or repetitive physical issues if we don't move them around. And I think we just have to think a little more creatively and broadly when we talk about that. Right, Rich? I agree. hundred percent. 
So I, I like your idea that we have what we call a meeting cadence, daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual meeting cadence in the seven steps of intentional leadership, which is part of our leadership model. And we say with your direct reports, you have to meet with them one-on-one once a month. Have the conversation. What are your goals? What do you want to accomplish? Where are we going? And just listen to them. It's the direct reports meeting. It's not the supervisor's meeting. I agree. And in fact, you know, we, we haven't talked about employee engagement yet, and I know we're going to. Let's go. Well, let's get into that. I, employee engagement is, a, is very important. I've, I've seen operations work groups with terrific engagement. I've seen some middle of the road, and I've seen some that are low engagement. And I find, I'd always found that there's a direct correlation between one-on-one meetings with team members, with direct reports, and the level of engagement for the work group, be it a store or a distribution center or a transportation operation. You knew when you saw high marks in employee engagement and you asked the team members about their one-on-ones with their supervisor, they'll say, yeah, I appreciate it. And yeah, they happen regularly. A lot of what you're talking about, I, I go back to where I first came across the 12 questions of employee engagement. And the first two are, do I know what's expected of me at work? And do I have the materials, resources, and equipment to do my job well every day? The fifth question is, does somebody at work care about me? And it could be a, a, a peer, it could be the boss, but does somebody care? And what you're talking about is a demonstration in a cadence of a monthly meeting of at least having that caring conversation so that people get a sense of hope for the future. <laughs> you know, Am I, I going to be doing this the rest of my life? And especially if someone's in their in early age, 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever their age is, they want a sense of where they're going to be in a few years. Right. I, I, I agree. And my experience with the midsize and, and very large companies, some as many as 350,000 employees, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of new trials going on, trying to perfect other objectives. And look, I went to San Diego State and I was one of 34,000 students year I graduated. And I felt a little bit like a number. And I feel that sometimes team members within you know, large companies can feel the same, feel the same way. So you got to go back to what's important to them. Yeah, we, we care about them, but do they know that we care about them? So what, other than that, you know, in a general sense, do we care about our employees having the monthly one-to-one? What other things do you see in your experience are really key things to have employee engagement to really connect the employees and, and work with them to make sure that there's a sense of hope of the future. What, do, what are you seeing? And is, is it different than what you've seen in the past? Is there trends or talk to me a little bit about that? I, I, I don't, I don't see anything different. I think it's basic appreciation for their work, understanding where they want to grow. Do they, are they, are they reminded of the work they do and how it fits into the company's overall objectives. So I, I'm not seeing any different trends in engage in uh, employee engagement and, or what I like to call the employee experience. Mm, sure. Yeah. I, I think we're headed in that direction a lot now talking about the experience. So Rich, what have you experienced and what have you done with companies in the past to improve employee engagement? What have you personally done when you were in operations and how have you worked in HR over the years with these 
different clients that you are clients or companies that you've worked for home depot circuit city penske what it, i mean these are big companies how do you make a difference in employee engagement that's not that's not something you do overnight it's you know flip a switch say okay everybody have a meeting we care about you how do you do that with big companies that's tough it's it's more than the proverbial listen to your frontline employees and that's and that's crucial. I get out there. I, I spend a lot of time in the operation talking to frontline employees, but I actually spend a lot of time with the supervisors, a lot of time with the supervision. One of my theories is, and it's very basic, if the supervisors are not feeling the love, they may not be passing down the love. So really seek to understand how the supervisors are feeling. One of the correlations I found is if the supervisor level feels engaged. They're made to feel important. They're filling in on things. They see a career path. That translate into treating their team members better. So it, it, it helps. And then yes, the senior with the senior leaders, uh, again, just reminding them the value of employee engagement, because from Remember, they've got, they're getting directives from the corporate team. They're getting terrific ideas from their team members. They're trying new things. Corporate work is extremely busy, but reminding them that their team members, they're going to, they're going to be successful based on the, the engagement of their team members. So I don't want to say reminders, but, but also making the supervisors and the managers feel incredibly important as well. So. In your experience, talk to me a little bit about your background and what you did to develop that leadership capability in the first line or the second line manager, supervisor, to help them make that happen. Because that's that's not easy. You don't just say, care about your employees. We've got to teach people. We've got to train them. We've got to develop them. What did you do? What have you seen that works? Asking more questions. Continue to ask supervisors questions. How's it going? How are your team members? Any recent promotions? Anybody ready for anybody ready to move to the next level? Posing a lot of questions to the supervisors. Don't be I've never been perceived to be the answer man. I ask a lot more questions than I deliver statements. So that then kind of sets you up like if if they don't have if they're supervising 15 people and they don't have anybody ready for promotion we probably have a leadership problem, right? (laughs) Exactly. And it's funny that by posing a question like, who's your next team member to be promoted? Many have told me that, you know, that's a great question, Rich. Uh, And so they recognize a small shortfall and they know that they need to dedicate the time and effort to, to moving their team upwards. Yeah. So with, with all this philosophy of, of leadership development, if you were able to write yourself a letter, Rich, and, and write it and, and send it back to a younger Rich, you know, maybe that operations guy back with Toys R Us, and you could tell yourself a few things, or maybe your first couple of roles with some of these bigger companies, and you could tell yourself a few things from a leadership standpoint, what would that letter say to go back to the younger Rich to help you be a more effective better leader? What would you tell them yourself? I would say, Rich, for every dollar you spend, spend 99 cents of it on leadership development Mm -hmm. because better leaders create better work environments. Better leaders create better results. So it's something I think it's easy to take for granted, but leadership development, helping leaders become more effective, 
just help helps in, in so many fronts. What do you typically find young leaders or supervisors first level, what their biggest challenges are to just get over that that hump of really understanding leadership from management, not just managing things, but leading people? What do you think is some of the biggest challenges that these frontline leaders have today? So not taking enough time to be with their direct reports. Hmm. People are busy. People have administrative challenges. People have corporate directives. You know, we ask people in corporate America to to juggle 145 balls at once and not let a single one uh, hit the ground. And we get very task-oriented. Many people still keep their fingers on the keyboard for the most of the day. But who's doing the work? Who's growing the organization? It's the people. It's the team. It's the team member. So remind, remind them to get away from the keyboard. Mm. I, I had a habit. I worked in distribution centers and stores and multiple units. And um, many people would, I would see come in and really first thing they do is spend an hour on their keyboard, on their computer. I had a different philosophy. I go out and meet with the people, make sure everybody had what they needed. I'm here to help. Where can I help out? And then, you know, an hour or two later, I'll check my email. Then yeah. the focus has to be on the people versus the administration, I think. Yeah, and it can't just be uh, lip service, can it? People say, oh, the, our people are the most important, and then they sit in front of the keyboard all day. In fact, this is almost the, the same thing. We The work that we do on in leadership, we try to get our leaders to just calm down first thing in the morning. You know, meditate for 10 or 15 minutes before you pick your phone up and start looking at it. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying is if my focus is on the people, when I walk in the door, focus on the people, (laughs) stop focusing on the technology, walk in the door, spend the time. I can't think of any great leader that I can't give an example of where the first thing they do when they walk in is to go around and talk to other people. That's the first thing they do. Mm -hmm. And if any leaders that are listening to this, I don't care if you're a CEO or a first-line supervisor, when you walk out, look the people in the eye, say good morning, talk to them, ask them how they're doing. Is there anything I can get for you today? Absolutely. And and the, the leader that goes a step further, at the end of his or her day, they're leaving the operation, they're leaving the store, they're leaving the distribution center saying, and, and go around and thank everybody. I've seen it happen. You're saying, I'm leaving for the day. Thanks for a good job today. Is there anything I can get for you before I leave? I've seen that. That's the difference between uh, often between a good leader and a great leader. Yeah, absolutely. So I I look back on on my career and, and had to learn some of that myself about spending time. And it's for me anyway, spending time out on the floor when I was a shift supervisor spending time out in the field, working with construction companies today. It's energizing. You know, they, they sit in front of the keyboard all day. Just it's, it's like an energy suck. It just takes the energy out of you. So for anybody listening, get out of your chair, go talk to some people and get your energy up and then go take care of the emails. And it might even help you be a little better at determining what of those emails have the highest priority, what's most important at the time. I agree. The other yeah. thing I would tell you is, is meetings. People get invited to meetings within corporate America. And there comes a point when it's okay to say no, or can we do that meeting on a different day based on the work at hand, but more importantly, based on the people's needs. 
So there's, it's very easy to be invited to six or seven meetings in a given day. Attending six or seven meetings in a day, you're going to have time to attend the meeting and you're going to find yourself catching up on emails before. And then you really haven't focused on the people and their needs. It's kind of mind numbing, isn't it? It is. Yeah, and in this virtual world where we're spending more and more time virtually on these meetings, it's it's you just go from one to the other. I, sometimes we don't feel like we accomplish anything. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I work with uh, several construction companies. And when you're out in the field working on a house or working on a building, you know what's the first thing they do, Rich? The very first thing that they do, they have a crew huddle. They get everybody together and they talk about, you know, what are our priorities today? What are our goals? What are we going to achieve? They have a huddle, a daily huddle. Yep. And when I talk to clients about this, do you have a daily huddle in the office? And they go, why would we do that? Well, do people work and collaborate together? You know, you look at, you know, you stop and stand up for five minutes, look everybody in the face and say, what are we going to accomplish today? You know, so it, they do that. And maybe, maybe. In that morning meeting, a little appreciation might come out from the day before. You know, hey, Rich, thanks for taking care of that client yesterday. Or, hey, Joan, I really appreciate what you did. So just throw in a little appreciation. You've said that multiple times today in passing, but it's so, so important. And the team members, it reminds me of my days, go back to the Home Depot. We had a morning huddle. There you go. And at the end of the huddle, we did the Home Depot chair. Give me an H. Give me an O. And people are screaming and they look forward to it and it energizes them. It is the best way to start a day, to your point. Yeah. Well, Rich, I, I want to thank you for taking the time and uh, sharing some of your wisdom around from operations to HR to employee engagement, appreciation, and just the things that you do with first line supervisors. I think there's some real wisdom in that for any leaders that are either in those positions or above those positions that can engage those people and make a difference. So thanks so much for your time and your wisdom. Gary, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. I'm Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. Thank you for joining us again on Leading from the Front, where leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Take care and be well. Thanks for being with us on Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about the work Dr. Gary is doing, visit statarius.com. S-T-A-T-A-R-I-U-S dot com. Music for Leading from the Front is provided by Peter Katz. For more of his music, visit peterkatz.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.